I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. February 14th, 1998. Sixth grade. Dear diary. Dear Jesus. Dear sweet asswad. Adults sharing the embarrassing things they created as kids. So I wrote poems about masturbation. Before an audience of total strangers. I feel like an idiot. I'm the only normal one in my entire family. Mom, you can't read this. These are the stories hidden inside the pages of our past. Welcome to the Mortified Podcast. I'm Neil, and today's episode peeks inside the teenage diaries of Shelley McClendon, who told us her childhood obsessions included rocking out to seal, painting sunsets, and taking three-hour reggae cruises. Okay, that's definitely going on my bucket list. Now, when Shelley was growing up, she dreamt of having a boyfriend who would whisper sweet nothings into her ear. But when that didn't happen, she started whispering sweet nothings to herself in her diary. Here's Shelley reading her freshman college diaries at Mortified in Portland at the Alberta Rose 2014. My name is Shelley, and I'm going to be reading to you from the diary I kept when I was a freshman in college. And I only wrote in my diary when things weren't going well. So if I was upset or anxious or sad about something, I would um, write in my diary to help me process those emotions. And typically, if I was upset or anxious about something, it was about dating and about boys, because I had no clue about any of either of those things. And by that point, I had gone on some dates, but I had not ever had a real boyfriend yet, and that made me feel a little weird and a little behind everybody else. And uh, it just kind of stressed me out. And there's some, there were some lessons that I had not yet learned One being that dating in reality is not like dating in the movies. (laughs) And so just because a boy asks you on a date, it does not mean that he's secretly been in love with you for for a long time. (laughs) Now, also at the time, I was quite religious. I went to church a lot. And so as I read, you will hear a few voices. You will hear me talk to my diary. You will hear my calm, confident, rational self talk to my anxious, scared, freaked out self, and you will hear all of us talk to the Lord. 
January 5th. Dear Diary, someday some guy is going to come along and sweep you off your feet, or maybe not. <laughs> He'll be everything you wanted, and you'll be everything he wanted. He'll like everything about you. Your personality, your sense of humor, looks, style, everything. And vice versa. It'll be true love, just like the Princess Bride. You'll be totally taken with each other. You'll respect each other and have fun together. Everyone will want to have a relationship like yours. It'll happen, Shelley. Please, Lord, let it happen. I've got so much to offer. Let me offer it. <laughs> so shortly after I wrote that, I met a boy named Ben at church. February 5th. Shelley, get a hold of yourself. What the hell is so great about him? Yeah, he's funny, but so what? Don't get your hopes up about tonight or about him altogether. Just hang out with other people and be funny. You know you are. Everybody thinks so. Just treat everyone like they're your good friends and don't try so hard to be funny. If Ben pays attention to you, fine. You really don't need to get any more tense than you already are. The Lord knows the desires of your heart. February 13th, Shelley. Okay, Ben paid a lot of attention to you last night. Do not get your hopes up. He didn't ask you out or hinted that he was going to. You had a nice long talk and learned a lot about him and vice versa. Quit thinking about everything he said and analyzing it. He definitely likes you as a friend. As more than that, only he and God knows. The Lord knows you like him a lot and knows that you could not handle another big blow after getting your hopes up. Just relax and enjoy yourself. He isn't that great. Just don't start thinking that he's perfect. And be confident. February 15th. Dear Diary, I feel so many different things at the same time. I feel excitement because he is paying attention to me and is acting like he really wants me to be around. But I feel doubt because he acts that way towards a lot of people. <laughs> he jokes around with everyone more and, more and hangs on his girlfriends more than with me, but I'm not sure how to take that. <sighs> I'm frustrated and tired and very much in like. I suppose it's good that he doesn't jump right into a relationship because he probably doesn't want to get hurt. But how long is it going to take for me to get an answer? Does he just want me for a friend? Am I making a big fool of myself and wasting my time? If nothing does happen, can I get over him quickly and be able to see him with another girl? What does he want? Has he even thought about me in that way? Does he realize that I'm interested? Why does it have to be so complicated? Why do I feel so unattractive around him? When do I feel attractive around anyone? Why am I making such a big deal about him? I'm starting to get on my nerves. What is so great about him? Why did he lead me on? How did I turn him off? 
Nobody knows what I'm going through. I don't want to talk to anyone about it. They'll just give me bad advice. I'm tired of playing into his ego. He can go have sex with himself for all I care. Why can't he realize how much I have to offer? February 27th. Shelley. Okay. Ben is gross and immature and has no future, so what's up? <laughs> Quit trying to make him like you. If he wants to be around you, then let him come to you. Come on, Shell. <laughs> he should be glad he knows you. Uh, just one question. What's up, Lord? Why is this happening again? March 20th. Ben is almost a thing of the past. He doesn't know what he's missing. Hopefully one day he'll figure it out and be sorry. I just want to cry every time I see him. I feel like there's tension, for lack of a better word. When our eyes lock, sometimes I feel like there's something there, or maybe it's just me. Anyway, the point is, I'm getting over him and I'm feeling stronger. <laughs> and eventually I did get over him. It took me a few months to realize that he just was interested in me as a friend, and I became okay with that. However, uh, that did not stop me from um, my search for someone special. And I, it was that search that inspired me to write the following poem. And I did not give uh, the poem a title back then, but if I could give it a title today, it would probably be a list of the most romantic scenarios I can think of. <laughs> I dream of foreign countries where I don't know the language. I dream of people I don't know. <laughs> I dream of romantic kisses and whispers. I dream of the phone calls made by the person who gave them to me. <laughs> I dream of living on a big ship in the middle of the ocean. I dream of private swims in a coral reef. I dream of a smoky club that plays the best jazz. <laughs> I dream of the view from a castle on top of a tall mountain. I dream of sleeping in the desert. Romantic. That's hot. I dream of a porch swing on a house in the woods. I dream of everything I haven't done but want to do. I dream of the person I hope to be. I dream of the future and all of these things and who I will share them with. And I probably should have added, I dream of laying on the living room floor of a smelly apartment, listening to Journey's greatest hits, 
because that was the romantic scenario that led to Ben and I finally making out. Thank you. However, it was just that. I, I realized it, it wasn't going to go any further than that. Um, and so this was the last entry that I wrote about Ben. June 5th. Dear Diary, I can't believe I haven't written more about him. I wonder if that means anything. I want to move to the forest by myself and grow vegetables and live with my cats. <laughs> and write books and never wear a bra or shave unless I want to. <laughs> I am too much woman for him. <laughs> Thank you. That was Shelley McClendon reading aloud her childhood writings with no embellishing, no exaggerating, just God-given awkwardness on stage at Mortified in Portland at the Alberta Rose. Stick around, there's more to the story as we chat with today's reader in our post-mortem. Fide. We caught up with Shelley and asked if it didn't work out with Ben in college, when did she finally land that first serious relationship? Uh, I was 30 years old. I mean, I had, you know, dated a couple people and I had gone on dates. I truly was a late bloomer. I didn't understand dating. I didn't understand what you were supposed to do. And something clicked when I turned 30 where I was like, oh, okay, I could probably do this. Despite Shelley's long wait for a relationship, she never seriously considered moving to the forest to become a cat lady. Instead, she continued to visualize her Mr. Right. Well, back then, there was no personality other than he was crazy in love with me. Like, that was, that was like his only personality criteria. <laughs> You know, he probably wore big sweaters, you know. He looked like Jake Ryan from Sixteen Candles. And when her Jake Ryan in a big sweater never materialized, Shelley developed an ability to soothe herself in her diary, a skill she still practices today. Well, I am now a therapist. So I now employ the techniques I did on myself <laughs> with, with other people. Before our time was up, Shelley gave us some professional advice for any teenagers out there coping with similar dating anxieties. Don't make any big decisions when you're feeling when you're feeling anxious. <laughs> Just chill out for a little while. <laughs> Maybe listen to some reggae, write some poems, you know, talk to the Lord, see if he's available. Which made us wonder, does Shelley still make time to talk to God as an adult? He calls me every once in a while, but I just let it go to voicemail. To share the shame, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, or visit GetMortified.com to learn more about Mortified stage shows, books, films, and beyond. Click Participate, and who knows, maybe you'll appear on a future episode of the series. The Mortified Podcast is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX. Radiotopia is made possible with the support of the Knight Foundation and MailChimp, who celebrate creativity, chaos, and teamwork. If your organization is interested in supporting this podcast, please email sponsor at radiotopia.fm. Our podcast production team for this episode includes Gina Delvac, Pierce Priscelli, Kathy Tu, Dave Nadelberg, and myself, Neil Catcher. Music by Gordon Bash, Alex Burke, Adam Smith, and Snake Snake Snakes. Additional thanks to Jared Bogley, Kate Frolic, Marina Schifrin, Graham Fuchs, the Alberta Rose Theater, Egan Danahy, Susan Danahy, and all the dedicated Mortified Live producers whose work makes the stage show possible. Until next time, we remind you that we are freaks, we are fragile, and we all survived.